Welcome back to the Missing and Crawl Space subscription service show. What's going on? I'm Tim here today with Jennifer and Lance. What's up? Take it away, Jen. Take it away. <laughs> I, I feel like your voice needs to come in. You're right. My voice does need to come in. So I'm doing wonderful. I'm wearing my Halloween fall sweater, which I'll, mm. I'll be wearing all season. It's orange. You literally put that on September 23rd, and uh-huh. it'll probably last until December 1st? Uh-huh. Till it falls off my body. <laughs> Same thing happened last year, too. <laughs> Yeah, so this is our subscription service show, and we are actually going to air this episode on the public feed on Monday, October 31st, 2022. So happy Halloween to anyone listening on Halloween. The uh, season of Sawween. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. 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 And we have now combined our two subscription service shows. We have Missing and Hidden Opinions that we've been doing every week for like 30-something weeks. Um, and we also have the Crawl Space Crypt that we've been doing as a bonus show on the Crawl Space subscription service for about 30 weeks. And you could access these by going to missing.supportingcast.fm. Now, if you go to crawlspace.supportingcast.fm, it redirects you to the missing one. So we've now combined the two of them. And this show is now a combination of the missing subscription services, Hidden Opinions, and the Crawl Space subscription services bonus show, Crawl Space Crypt. So bear with us on this because we're figuring <laughs> it all out. But honestly, I don't want to give like a big holier than thou speech right now or we're better than anyone else because we're certainly not. If we think that, then there's a big problem. Uh, Jen just gave a look like we might be. But mm-hmm. listen, the listeners, anyway. the, the, <laughs> the listeners who support us we would like to be fair to them. And at some point, you mentioned 30 weeks of doing this. At some point during those 30 weeks, we, we realized that it makes more sense for the listeners to pay for one service and not two. And and you're getting pretty similar stuff. I mean, we're we're speaking very off the cuff about cases. We're going more into our personal feelings about them and more into our personal lives with both the crypt and hidden opinions and why not combine the two so that you're not paying for two services and getting very similar products. It, it, it just, it's not, uh, it didn't sit well for us. So we worked with our partners at glass box and we figured out a way to make this make more sense. And, you know, we'll work through it together as a, uh, you know, as a family of, uh, creators and supporters (laughs) and also now um that we're doing one of these instead of two of these per week the one show is better uh than than any one show would have been previous to this point because we have a lot of things to talk about you know and which you know we're probably going to fill up a good at least a good 45 minutes today with all these topics that i have in front of me here Yes. And, you know, I love making restaurant comparisons when we're talking about products that people pay for. And you always get a better product when you go to a restaurant that has a small menu. You always go back. Ooh. You, you, you don't. Right. You have a you have a menu with, you know, a few things. It changes occasionally, but it's a big red flag if you go to a, red, uh, a restaurant that has a hundred things on the menu. I mean, you can't keep things fresh that long. 
Shots mm-hmm. fired at uh, Cheesecake Factory. Shots fired at Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> and all diners. <laughs> well, I, I, well, that's a diner. That's different than a restaurant. A diner, they, they, if they're a busy diner, they're turning over very fast. So I will, uh, and those, you know, you can keep eggs for a lot longer. But my, <laughs> my point is, is that our menu is pared down so that we can give a better product. And we don't we don't let it sit in the walk-in for two months. Wait, can you keep going with this analogy? <laughs> I can't. Oh my! Do you want me uh, to? Uh, and uh, well, th- so two ninety-nine per month gets you all of our ad-free episodes, which is exciting. And I think some people just want it ad-free, like they're probably not too interested in the bonus episodes. Um, but if you are interested in the bonus episodes, tier two for five bucks a month, that's it. That's all we're asking for. Five bucks a month, you get these bonus episodes and you get ad-free content, everything ad-free. Mm-hmm. So this is, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm ready to bear all. I'm ready to tell all of my secrets. Whoa, keep the sweater on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will. Oh, boy. It's fall. <laughs> I, I have to just raise one quick point about uh, people wanting ad-free content. I will say, if you want that ad-free content because you don't want to hear the ads, which are extremely entertaining, uh, I, you know, you might still want to listen to those ads, but still scroll down in the uh, episode notes. Still go to our show notes because we do endorse products that are really good. And it recently we've gotten some really, really good products. So, I mean, the holidays are coming up. Who doesn't want a pair of Vessi shoes? Literally the <laughs> best shoes I've ever owned. Yeah. That was a freebie. Um, stay, yeah, stay tuned for the, uh, for the mid-roll. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. Let's get into some of the cases we've been discussing lately. Um, A couple of weeks ago now on Missing, we released an episode about the disappearance of Mike Montijo, who was 55 years old when he went missing from Colleton County, South Carolina, on January 26th, 2020. We spoke about this a little bit last week, um, but probably not enough. Um, just want to mention that the circumstances are suspicious per our investigators at PIs for the Missing, and they have been really desperately trying to get uh, law enforcement to take their information and work the case. Um, and currently there is a GoFundMe out there for Mike Montijo, and you can search it on GoFundMe, Mike Montijo, it's billboard and or attorney fees. I'll put a link here in this um, this 
episode so you can click on the show notes but if you can donate that would be great it's uh, $800 has been raised so far but they need more um, for what they're trying to accomplish and we spoke with Mike's sister in the episode just a, a week or two ago uh, Belinda and she was great and you know it seems like Mike's the people who were living with Mike at the time um, you know his wife doesn't seem to be pushing right now. And uh, I think that is one reason why it seems that law enforcement in that area isn't really pushing as well right now. So I think the billboard is to sort of reinvigorate the local law enforcement and maybe Mike's family um, who kind of inexplicably aren't pushing anymore uh, to find this, this missing veteran who, you know, reportedly, I guess, I guess, wandered away from his house at some point. I think this uh, conversation that we had with Belinda and Lou was one of the more eye-opening ones uh, in terms of a family member coming to the reality that their loved one is missing and all of the things that contribute to that. Uh, you mentioned that he was a veteran. Uh, he by all accounts, I don't think that he was diagnosed with PTSD, but during that conversation, we heard Lou explain some of the things that he was a part of, and he was in the Navy for 20 years. He did some other operations for the government, uh, and it was alluded to that he had seen some things. So you have his service, uh, potential PTSD. He was an alcoholic, too, and all of these things factored into his disappearance. And you could just read it in Belinda's body language and what she was saying that I think there was a time where a lot of his family and a lot of the people that he knew were just in denial of his issues, including his wife. And it's easier to back away from that and probably, and I don't mean to sound crass, but probably a bit of a relief to have this off of their, have this burden out of their lives. And I, and I hate saying that because I don't think that that is exactly what should be done at all. So um, it's very nuanced. And, and every time we have these conversations with family members, I start to realize more and more every single time there's more of these details that come out that are very specific to their circumstances. And they're so nuanced. And so many times I don't know, media, us, other people that we know just paint like a broad brush. Well, because we covered this case, this one has this, has similar uh, circumstances, so it has to be like this. Every episode we do is an educational journey for us. Yeah, and quite literally uh, viewed as on a case-by-case basis. You know, I know we've, it's kind of a cliche, but we've literally used that uh, at PIs for the Missing, like in board meetings, because it's the only way to say it. <laughs> and but you have to keep that fresh too because when those cliche when those statements start becoming cliches they start losing their meaning jen you're very it looks like you need to say something it looks like you're cataloging i get nervous when i'm talking and then i'm looking at jen and she's like she has this look and i'm like oh no i'm saying the wrong <laughs> thing what look am i giving <laughs> that disapproving look yeah that that sweater tisk, tisk. wearing look <laughs> 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 Sitting over here with snapping a ruler in my hand. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just thinking like maybe that's where that phrase comes from, case by case basis. PIs for the missing. 
<laughs> from maybe law enforcement or like prosecutors or something it's like you right. literally can't handle each case in the same way as you did the last one yeah uh, so that makes that makes sense we also got a lot of great comments on the mike montillo youtube uh video um, a lot of people were being very supportive i love yeah. it i love it been trying to make an effort to tell people to comment on youtube or wherever because family members read this and we went years you know releasing these episodes and we'll look at the youtube comments and a family member will comment and then right around there are these like comments that family members shouldn't read so if you want to critique us and like our interview style or whatever you know shoot us an email you can go to the website and shoot us an email but if you want to comment on something in regards to the content that we put out there be supportive if you know that the family is going to be reading it yeah yeah, exactly. And uh, here's some comments. Uh, Luciana on YouTube says, my heart breaks for Mike's family. Thank you for covering this case. And uh, I don't know this for a fact, but I think this is the same Luciana who's on Twitter as vegan anthro underscore who um, tweets uh, weekly um, about missing persons cases and uh, unsolved homicides. She tags us frequently as well. So uh, thank you, Luciana. We appreciate that. And we appreciate your tweets as well. And if you're not the same person, we appreciate both of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be the same. <laughs> uh, and Holland Oates, Holland being one word, says this is infuriating and heartbreaking. This man did so much for his country, his city, and yet it seems like the effort to find him is so little. Not even his spouse seems to be all that bothered. Thank goodness for the love of his sister and her determination to find out something, anything about where he is. I hope that there are answers and actions soon. Thank you, Holland. I feel like I feel like I need to make a, a Holland Oates reference, but it <laughs> might be completely ill-timed. But good name, good name. Yeah, it is a good name, and it's there. They they use the, a picture of uh, Holland Holland Oates, the the band uh, in their in their logo there. <laughs> I love it. What a good sense of humor. They have the first name is Holland and the last name is Oates. <laughs> I just need to make sure people understand that they made their name Holland. <laughs> last name oats that's <laughs> <laughs> excellent yeah and there's like quite a few comments about people saying you know like this man sacrificed for his country he's a veteran and we let him down I, th I think like particularly with veterans who have who have given so much of their lives to like keep us safe and uh you know, the, the minute they need help, we let them down. So I think there's like a general feeling of just like, oh, geez, if, if anybody is going to have resources devoted to them and is missing, it should be this guy, you know? Yeah. 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 Lou said it as well. And it was one of those Louisms that came up right at the end and he just dropped it. And it was like, that is the truth of this whole matter. And it was not thought of during that entire conversation until Lou said it. Yeah, and he mentioned that Mike was a submariner in the Navy, which I was doing a little bit of research on. And, um, you know, he worked on submarines. Really cool. Terrifying. You know, he, yeah, I agree. It's stressful. <laughs> I agree. But, but yeah, I mean, he, you know, he dedicated a lot of his life to this country and, uh, you know, worked on, on submarines um, in the Navy, which... Uh, you know, is kind of cool. And and Lou mentioned it sort of as like, well, this is a kind of a tight-knit group of folks. So mm -hmm. if you're out there, Navy vet or currently in the Navy, maybe you were a submariner, you know, send us a message, leave a comment on YouTube, you know, or retweet, you know, I think that and any of this helps. Or donate, yeah. you know, donate. to the GoFundMe. Yeah. 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 Leave a comment, donate, show your support for Belinda. 
and yeah, just show your support for your uh, your 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 fellow human. And I think Jen, did you say like we for they're they're forgotten about? Um, I mean, I, not explicitly, but yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah, and I want to make clear like we're not saying it, it goes back beyond the disappearance of him. It goes back to the first time that he exhibited signs of PTSD and alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And he went to, he was trying to quit. He was trying to recover. He was trying to, to make the meetings and not drink anymore. And he couldn't do it. And during the time that he disappeared, he was on the wagon. And it's one of the hardest things to do as a, as a human being to, to, I mean, I mean, I sound like I'm just pod splaining right now to 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 get off of your addiction when it's become so like embedded in your in your in your being as like a, a, as this disease and it's gripping you. I mean, back when that started, that's that's when he was forgotten about. You know, I'm you got the the support of Alcoholics Anonymous, like that's great, but. I was like, where? I'm sure he had family and friends that were supporting him in it, and I'm sure it must have been exhausting for him and and for them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk we talk a lot about you know addiction issues, the disease of addiction on missing because it comes up a lot in these mi- missing persons cases. Uh, I think it's it's important to mention, especially in Mike Montillo's case, that like an addiction or alcoholism is an expression of pain. Like this was a man in pain, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, you're you're right, Lance. It, it takes an enormous feat of strength and like the support of a of a family and a community to dig yourself out of that hole. And it's just like that much more uh, sad, I guess, that he was making such an effort and then this happens to him. Yeah. And not just specifically with Mike's disappearance, but you said that a lot of the people that we speak about have addictions and they all have family members that are trying to figure out a way to cope with that. And I mean, there's an organization, there's the, um, the, the, uh, the meetings that you can go to for family members Mm -hmm. of people who are addicted and there's a reason for that because you don't know how to as a family member you're not sure how to cope with that and how to handle that person and you let your emotions get the better of you sometimes and you get frustrated and it's easier to walk away from that so it's this whole thing you know like it's this whole and not just specifically to mike or specifically to anyone specific case it is it's the entirety of it like the the entirety of a family member trying to handle their addicted loved one and then getting frustrated and soon you just don't see it as like he this person can't stop it's just it becomes more of a selfish thing I, it's so painful like that the whole thing is so painful and and we're we we hardly ever talk about like how the family member reacts i guess my point is is like i don't want to classify family members as not doing something because they don't want something to be figured out in their father mother brother's case they're they're they've been exhausted for like the the majority of their life because of this disease in the situation of of someone who is addicted Mm -hmm. so any any non-action from a family member has to be taken with a grain of salt 
And you can see it in Belinda's conversation. You can see it like she's coming around to to figure like she's coming to terms with it all. Yeah, that's a really heart wrenching story and episode. So we definitely invite you to check that one out. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. Recently, we also spoke about a another disappearance case. It's uh, Elliot Scott Roberts from Carryville, Campbell County, Tennessee. He was 50 at the time of his disappearance, 5'7", 125 pounds, last seen on March 3rd, 2021, uh, being dropped off at a church in, uh, in this, this town of Carryville. And um, and then he was reported missing about two weeks later, and he has not been seen. Um, in the episode, we did speak about a web sleuth's comment that was made, and it's possible that this was made from someone who actually was on a search for Scott because there was a, a pretty large-scale search um, around that church. And so someone did write that they found shirt and pants with a wallet, um, but no other trace of Scott has been found. And, um, you know, it's unclear if that's actual an actual comment from someone from that search as well. Yeah. And I think um, uh, Scott also uh, struggled with alcohol as well, which kind of is a interesting connection between the, he and Mike's case. So we got a comment on the Scott Roberts case on YouTube by uh, Jeff Barnes. And he said, is the original missing persons report available to put on NamUs and the Charlie project, which uh, I don't know if the report has been FOIA'd at all, but potentially uh, we might be able to work on that at PIs for the missing. He goes on to say, I looked at the location of the church and it is actually outside of Carryville, nothing close around it. Could there have been a 12-step meeting going on there that he was attending? What time of day was it? And did the witness see anyone else at the church at the time? And I thought that was a really kind of astute observation because, yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, AA meetings frequently are held in, in churches, especially if there's not many community buildings in, in this particular area. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's I think it's especially insightful to uh, mention what time of day it was and did the witness report seeing anyone else at the church when they dropped off Scott. Um, unfortunately, we don't know who the witness is. Um, so it's not like we, we can ask that witness. Uh, I think that person's probably been spoken to by the authorities, um, and they purposefully left that person unnamed, um, for their own privacy is my guess. Yeah. Very coincidentally, um, right after we, we, uh, recorded the Scott Roberts case out of Tennessee, I was driving from Ohio to North Carolina and, passed right through this area right over the uh stinking creek that was <laughs> which we had a hard time saying <laughs> without laughing <laughs> but um well we had but, to figure uh, out if it was even a typo <laughs> yeah right oh no it's real no, it's, it's not real. very stinky though huh, well, that's disappointing it's a really beautiful area i mean you got the the smoky mountains kind of starting there and all the fall foliage was was gorgeous but yeah i mean it's not an understatement to say that this is a rural rural place there is very little like the maybe one little strip mall um and then mostly just like depressed looking buildings abandoned buildings along alongside the uh the highway there um but yeah i think uh Carryville is just one of those places that, you know, there's just not, not a whole lot there, you know, maybe not a whole lot of resources for law enforcement either. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we did get a, a message from John Fariso, who we've had on the show, who worked at the NYPD and the missing persons squad, uh, specifically as a detective, um, pretty cool, uh, career he had, um, when, when it, you're, you're talking about what we do. So any, anytime he lends his expertise, you know, I think it's always, uh, extra interesting, but he said that he had worked on a missing persons case where a person went, visited a church right before, uh, they committed suicide. And he, uh, he, he mentioned, he just, it really just mentioned that as an observation and none of us mentioned that in the recording. I don't know if we, it, that didn't dawn on us or we just didn't want to be that, uh, dark about it. Um, but, uh, but I do think that's a good observation because we, we don't have any, any better reason why he went to the church. You know, we, we just don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the reason for, you know, going to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting is, is really good going to a church. Uh, if you're going to a church, if you're planning your suicide, that's a pretty legit reason. Uh, the thing about us not mentioning it is just there was very, very, very little information on him overall. So we had very little content to generate a theory in the first place. Like, was he depressed? Was, you know, what was he in financial trouble? There was so little information. Uh, and we ended up talking about ginseng <laughs> instead right. of, you know, whether this guy was depressed or not. And... I would love to know if there's any family members or friends in that area that spoke with him prior to him being dropped off at the church and perhaps he gave them some of his belongings. Because when people are planning to do this, oftentimes they will start giving their stuff away. Maybe he said something. Maybe he gave away, you know, his hunting rifle, for example, or something like that. You know, something that meant something to him. Mm -hmm. uh, and that would be a really good indicator of 
one step closer to committing suicide. Yeah. Additionally, another kind of hallmark that somebody might be planning a suicide is that their mood lifts. Like if they had been depressed and then they finally make the decision to commit suicide, they will get happy right before, because like there's an end in sight for them. So if, yeah, if any friends or family of, of, uh, Elliot Scott Roberts experienced these things, like, I think that's an important piece of the story. Agreed. And I wonder how he would have done it and why his body hasn't been found. Yeah. I mean, it's a vast wilderness. I think it's definitely possible if he had walked into the woods any distance, it would be quite hard to find him. Yeah. And we spoke this week, actually, we just released the episode today about the Jane Doe, formerly known as Little Miss Nobody, and the abduction of Sharon Lee Gallegos. Um, which is, in fact, uh, now the same case um, because, uh, well, we, well, we talk about it in the episode. Um, but the Jane Doe, Little Miss Nobody, uh, Sharon's body was found in Congress, Arizona, uh, but she went missing from Alamo Gordo, New Mexico, about 10 days before her body was found. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was a hard case to talk through. And it, it was so kind of terrifying too. um, what, what she had gone through, what this little girl had gone through, um, being stalked by this woman. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really scary. I, I do want to talk about like our conversation, um, before like off mic before we started recording, cause we weren't sure what to like title this episode, like little miss nobody is kind of a cool title. Like it's, it's kind of like intriguing and mysterious. It's eye eye catching. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But then, I don't know. We all also thought, well, it's like, well, she's been identified. Like she has a name. She's not little miss nobody anymore. (laughs) We kind of debated that back and forth. And to to quote, um, Kristen Middleman from Othram, she's little miss nobody no more, which, uh, during the conversation that we just had with her, which we will be releasing soon, uh, they're they're the organization. I mean, everybody knows what Othram does. They solve, <laughs> they identify people. They solve cases daily, multiple cases daily, and they're the ones that uh, really put the gears in motion to make this happen. And yeah, she said that, and it, like I got chills when she said that. And they're actually changing the uh, the headstone for her, so mm-hmm. it doesn't say Little Miss Nobody anymore. Oh man, that's a much better title, Little Miss Nobody No More. Right. I wish we. <laughs> um, We'd have to pay well, off from for that. <laughs> yeah, they get royalties. Well, so I guess if we had named it Sharon Lee Gallegos, um, it, it would have impl- based on our previous titling, it would imply that she's still missing, right? Right. Which she isn't. Um, you know, part of the mystery has been resolved, but there are still. Uh, suspects out there. The the case is not solved. Uh, she was abducted and murdered. Um, and there's uh, some pretty good description. And actually, Kristen gave a little bit more than I think what we mentioned in our episode. She had said that um, this woman in the green car knocked on the door, um, which I don't recall mentioning in our episode that she actually went so far to, I think, she, I think Kristen mentioned she spoke with uh, Sharon's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, stalking, casing, whatever you want to use, that is what this family was doing. And she did say that there were new leads because of, um, this, 
identification. So apparently they're, they're still working on this. Um, and she did mention the two children uh, saying that the kids that were playing with Sharon at the time of her abduction did see two children in the back of that green car. So now you connect those two sightings, the one at the church the Sunday before and the actual abduction. And now, you know, this was actually it sounds like this was actually a family driving around that um, abducted Sharon. Lee Gallego, so it was just a four-year-old at or the, the time other, of her disappearance. Or the other children were also abducted. Like who's to oh, say it's, that those were yeah their kids? That, that, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, it's just I I meant it's a group. I'm not saying that right. they pulled her in um, right. or anything like that. I'm just saying you know it, it it occurred to or my again my first thought like it was the first time we were talking about this was that this was uh, they abducted Sharon to be a part of whatever they were doing, you know, like, uh, like they wanted to keep Sharon, um, but something, something went wrong, obviously somewhere along the way. Yeah. So bizarre. Um, I think we did actually talk about, um, this woman, the suspect coming to the house and speaking to Sharon's aunt, like, mm-hmm. yeah. um, cause she was asking questions about the layout of the house, like who sleeps where and all that stuff. Yep. I think, right. yeah, I think we did cover that part. Mm. This is this is much bigger. Uh, would either of you be surprised if this turned into something much bigger, like a more widespread network of abduct- abductions? Because, I mean, this seems like a pro job. Asking the I, family where people sleep, stalking other kids in the car. I'm not saying like a vast, like, <laughs> you know network that that spans the entire country but like that area would you be surprised if more cases started coming up about kids being abducted like i wouldn't be surprised if there were other reports about this family um but i would be surprised if this like or this group of people or were connected with other people who were abducting people it seems it seems like a sloppy job to me to be honest like they're knocking on the door they're asking where she sleeps like like i like i think they were really trying to case and stock until the time where they actually got the chance to abduct her. And then they like, he drove like a bat out of hell, you know? So things changed at that point. So I don't think they were like trying to, I don't know, be mysterious or, or actually good at the, at what they did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a very sophisticated um, way to abduct a child that would suggest like, you know, a professional thing. I don't know. Um, but it was also like a product of the time too. It's like, um, this was before the whole stranger danger, um, thing that seeped into the public consciousness. So people really didn't know to look out for behavior like this. I mean, maybe it was a more trusting time per se, especially if it was a woman who came to the door. I think um, woman to woman, like I wouldn't necessarily, even today, I wouldn't necessarily be like suspicious of another woman walking up, but yeah. Yeah, not, not so. No, this is a good, uh, good debate to have because I, I kind of disagree. And I think that they probably did this before. And I think that this was a lot more organized than we're making it out to be because they're not looking for cameras. They're not looking for people on their cell phones. They're, they're stalking and grabbing and because I don't know if anyone knows, but cell phones <laughs> didn't exist back in 1960. <laughs> yeah. They, I don't think there's much cameras too. like, the, you know, there's yeah. no ring cams and things. Right. Like that. So they're, yeah, exactly. They're not, they're not like 
they're brazen because they have no reason to not be brazen mm-hmm. because there's no reason to to not want to cover your tracks the best you can. But I think my point was like they're they weren't worried about uh causing a stir after yep. they get her. You know, like yep. they they weren't worried about covering their tra- their tracks afterwards. Yep. You know why? Cuz they got away with it before. That's what I'm I thinking. mean, maybe they did, but there there would be other missing people, you know, like uh and, and I think you're probably right in that they probably attempted it or or cased other families or something like that, but um, one thing that I that I noticed in listening to um, the press conference uh, about the identification of Sharon Lee Gallegos was Sharon's nephew actually spoke and he said that um, I forget the name, the nickname that Sharon had, but it, it, it was something that meant like light um, because she was lighter skinned than the rest of the family, which again occurred to me that maybe this woman who by uh, the description was was white. This woman and the man, like they were taking her to be part of whatever family they were. They, you know what I mean? Ooh, that introduces a really icky, like a race thing into this whole story too. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they targeted her specifically. Is is again what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a I'm- reason definitely like apt to believe that those other two children with that family were potentially abducted too i don't think it was to the end of like selling these children to a sex trade or like some underground whatever in a pizza shop (laughs) but um but uh yeah i think i think that this couple has definitely done it before if that's what you're saying lance and we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. All comes back to uh, Othram, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, without them, this wouldn't have happened. We wouldn't have this conversation and other individuals who, oh my God, it's so creepy to even say, who might have suspected that they weren't a member of the family that they were raised in mm-hmm. might start to think about that a little bit more closely, might start to consider that a little bit more like that's a isn't that a terrifying thing to think about like if you were a child back then in that area and when you you know started forming mature thoughts it starts occurring to you that you don't really look like or you're you feel separate from your family from your parents 
Mm-hmm. I it is that is a creepy thought. Um, I I have the other inclination. I I think I think those two kids were part of that family. That's that's just my my guess. Mm. Um, I mean, we could look. You know, like I wonder. We should do some more research and see if there were like if there's like a freckle faced boy, like uh, somewhere between 1955 and 1960 that disappeared in America. You know, totally. Yeah. Uh, I, I am mean, not googling that though. <laughs> Very bad things happening when I if I were to Google that, but that is a, it's a great point. I mean, yeah. I wonder if our friends over at uh, Uncovered have information on that. Well, if, I mean, if there was an abdu- an abduction, then there there should yeah. be some reports out there. It should be in the Charlie Project. Should be some media about this. You know, a, a different kidnapped boy or a different missing boy uh, from that time period. Mm-hmm. So, what are we thinking that the kids in the back seat were probably around the same age or a little bit older they would probably have to be a little bit older right because they were actually seen in the car meaning like they were bigger pretty detailed to say freckled yeah i must he must have had freckles that stood out um 1951 or 1952 dodge or plymouth a green vehicle i guess so Hmm pretty popular back then i looked that up like the most yeah. popular cars back then so it was a it was one of the more popular cars it was like that you know mid-range affordable car for a family for the most part you know not not mm-hmm. show not showy or anything like that um but i wonder those two kids it's a good point i mean they're they're, they're probably whatever, in their 70s 60, by now yeah yeah 60s 70s <laughs> yeah so like how were you raised I don't know. Maybe it's some kind of like weird distant memory, you know, like of the time they they had a they had a different sibling for a few days, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that would be super bizarre. It sure would be. And uh, today, as we sit here recording this on October twenty seventh, it's a Thursday. We're we have three missing interviews today with moms of missing people. Today, on this very day, we're actually going to have to break up interviews because we're, we're double booked. That's how many moms of missing uh, folks we're talking to today. It's kind of sad. Think about it that way. I mean, it. it is. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in one on one hand, it's great that people want to talk about this. They're working through a lot of pain. Um, we're not talking about missing people from 1960 in these scenarios either. So the pain is still fresh and raw and we have to take advantage of the opportunities that we can when they're available to talk. So yeah, we double booked ourselves because what are you going to do? Tell, (laughs) tell the mom of a missing person that uh, you have to work around our schedule. It's, it's sort of like you, you take it as you can get it. And um, the way that these came to us is just, wonderful the one of them came to us through tiktok the other one came to us through obsess fest through a connection at obsess fest so fantastic the way this happens the way this community communicates yeah yeah anita is uh is w- one of the moms she is pepita red hair's mom and we are and we recently spoke with christopher walker who is the narrator of disappeared and he actually um wanted to talk about pepita's case and and he he brought it to us, um, so that episode or that conversation is going to be brought to the missing feed uh, very soon, and then the interview with Pepita's mom Anita will uh, be coming to the feed soon as well. But make sure to check out our episode that was released yesterday on Crawl Space with Christopher Walker 
the voice of Disappeared. We talked to him a little bit about his career, but we also talked to him about the disappearance and uh, death of Mitrice Richardson, who uh, he also he also brought that case to us as something he wanted to talk about. Yeah, definitely listen to what uh, Chris thinks about Matrice's story because that is, uh, God, we're at almost 45 minutes already and not a lot of room to get into the details of her death and the way law enforcement, specifically that area, the police, the way they handled that night and handled her is inexcusable. So listen to that episode. Yeah. And um, so that's one mom we're speaking to today. We're also speaking with Devante Morgan's mom, Terry. And yeah, you mentioned TikTok. She uh, messaged us on TikTok. And Devante Morgan went missing on May 5th, 2020. He's 5'11", 165 pounds. And he went missing from Mount Shasta, California. So, uh, so I'll be speaking with Terry uh, later today. And then we also are speaking with Robin, Mark Dunn's mom. Mark Dunn went missing from Phoenix, Arizona on March 18th, 2017. It was 24 years old, or is 24 years old now, 6'3", 210 pounds. So that, those, those will be coming to the missing feed soon as well. So you'll be speaking with uh, Terry... And Jen and I will be speaking with Anita King. Yep. And then Lance and I will be speaking with Robin. Uh, so we've really complete for the, for our four missing recordings today, we've broken up the distribution of crawl space media employees. Uh, so, so that it's not doubled in any recording today. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Jen, Mark Dunn's case came into private investigations for the missing, right? Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, a little bit of an announcement on that front. Um, as we sort of demonstrated, very, very busy in the crawl space studios right now. Um, so I think I'm going to be stepping back from uh, being the research coordinator of PIs for the Missing. We're still like crawl space as a, as a media company will still be there to work hand in hand with PIs for the Missing. We're still going to be covering cases um, that the private investigators send over to us to help raise awareness. We're still going to be talking about the organization, still trying to raise awareness and and uh, funds to help this organization because it's they do such wonderful work. But as far as my involvement in the research uh, uh, department, um, yeah, I'm going to take a step back because because I've been you know a busy little bee working on our new show called Dark Valley. Yes, yeah, cannot wait for the premiere of Dark Valley. We spoke about it at length at Obsessed Fest just uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, people are really interested in it. So. Yeah, really excited about Dark Valley coming in 2023. And just a big thank you for your work that you did at PIs for the Missing. I know that we talk about this, uh, we spoke about it off the air, but just a huge thank you for the volunteer work that you did and bringing together the researchers and guiding them through the process. And you did say you're taking a step back, but I do want to make clear that you still are producing for Missing. You're still working on these missing person stories and contributing to the uh, overall product that is put out there to raise the visibility. Yeah, absolutely. And I think once our new show comes out, I'll, I'll have all the space and time to jump back into producing missing and, and keep covering these little known cases. 
All right, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed what you heard here today. If you are a premium subscriber, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. If you're not a premium subscriber yet, check it out. Missing.supportingcast.fm. We will be reading our uh, subscribers' names on the show at some point. Um, But as of right now, all we've gotten is a list of email addresses, (laughs) which uh, Lance wanted to broadcast all of them. Um, but I we, thought that we that would be the most responsible thing to do. Yeah, and their social security numbers. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't even matter anymore. You can, I'll give my social security. I'm just kidding, I won't. But there's a lot of really cool things that are coming with this subscription service that we've worked on uh, making sure uh, things are possible and streamlined and, you know, not confusing for the people who are signing up. So the text club, you can opt into a text club and we will send you updates on new episodes and if we're doing live events virtual or in person so that's a really cool feature and we're not going to bombard you with texts every day it's only going to be because you've signed up and you know what's coming and you just get these reminders uh well maybe we'll send you a good morning once in a while just and then just also fun. yeah yeah one at like 2 a.m saying you up <laughs> who's up (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right everyone thanks a lot we really appreciate you listening Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov extrahelp Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.